Hi everyone and welcome to Shut the Film Up, a podcast where I'll talk and ramble about films that left an impression on me, whether those were good or bad. I am your host Mary and welcome to episode 1, Necessary Introductions. Before we start talking about films, I thought that I should do an introductory episode so you guys could get to know me a little and kind of understand my taste in films. For this episode, I've compiled a list of questions that I'm going to answer and hopefully they will offer an insight as to how my brain works when it comes to cinema. This podcast isn't going to be going into any analytical depth on films, nor am I going to talk about these films in a technical way. It's just going to be a really casual and chill podcast where occasionally things might heat up a little when I have a really strong opinion about a film. But again, who knows? We'll get there when we get there. Just a warning that this podcast will not be spoiler free. This is purely because I find it kind of hard to fully talk about films and voice my opinions if I have to carefully maneuver my way around spoiler territory. So, why did I start this podcast? Basically, I've had this idea of starting a podcast for a really long time, and since in 2020, I was practically locked up in my apartment for the entire year, I managed to watch a lot of films. I decided that I would center my podcast around the topic because I don't really know anyone else who shares the same interests as me. My friends aren't really into films, and I'm the kind of person who gets obsessed after one viewing. Like, after watching a film, I need to talk about it to someone. I need to analyze it, and it's basically in my head rent-free for the next week or so. I don't really have anyone to talk to about this particular interest of mine, so I thought that maybe I could do a podcast on it. I can ramble about certain films, and people who are interested can listen in, so it's basically a win-win for both of us. The name Shut the Film Up is basically just a play on words because whenever I start talking about a film, people usually tell me to shut up. But in this case, I won't be shutting up. I'll be rambling for a good amount of time. Anyways, let's get started with the questions. So, number one, let's just get this out of the way. What's my favorite film? Now, the answer is going to disappoint you because the answer is that I actually do not know. I'm so indecisive that I can't actually pick a favorite film. I have like a few films that I consider to be my favorite for all different reasons and all of them are films that I can watch over and over again without getting bored or tired, but I I can't actually pick one. So for the sake of this podcast, I will be listing down my top four films on my Letterboxd account. The first being Avengers. Wow, surprising, right? Who would have thought? (laughs) This film... I know you guys are going to laugh at me, but it holds a special place in my heart, and I think that's because of nostalgic reasons. It's the film that really got me into the MCU, which I consider my favorite cinematic universe and franchise ever. Um, I watched it when it was first released in theaters, and I basically just fell in love with it. It's a film that makes me feel good, it's a film that makes me happy, and You know, I don't consider it to be the best MCU film out there because we all know that spot belongs to Captain America the Winter Soldier. But I think for for like a film that I consider to be my favorite in the MCU, I think it might be Avengers purely because it's it's just holds a special place in my heart. Now, the second film would be Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. Now, I'm going to admit it's not a film that I regularly watch. But I just find this film to be so fun and it's such a good way 
to adapt a comic book story into cinema. I just think it's so creative. It's so different from anything out there, really. And it's just something that I probably watch once a year. And I always look forward to that time because I just love Scott Pilgrim a lot. My third favorite film would be Little Women, and that's the Greta Gerwig version. It's my ultimate feel-good comfort film. It's my go-to film whenever I can't decide on what I want to watch. It just, it makes me feel warm inside. It makes me feel really good. And I just love this adaptation so much because, you know, Greta, I think Greta Gerwig really brought a lot into it. And, you know, I can appreciate that. And I, I just love it a lot. <laughs> the last film on this list would be 1917. And it is 1917. I don't know why I said would be. And I think this film is absolutely brilliant. The plot is so simple, but there's just something about this film that amazes me. I think it's the whole idea of it being, or the whole illusion of it being filmed in one go just just does something for me. And it's so satisfying to watch. And I love this chemistry between Schofield and Blake. And I have a lot of fun watching it, even though it is kind of sad. Um, but we won't go there today. <laughs> Anyway, those are my top four on my letterbox. I can't decide which one I actually like the best out of all of them. So there you go. I listed them all. Now, second question is a film that I've seen the most times at the cinemas. And this is very easy. It's Spider-Man Far From Home. I think I watched it three times at the cinema. I watched it once by myself. I went to go watch it with my family. And then I went to go watch it with a friend. And I love this film so much. It's so fun. And I, I had to go watch it three times, guys. I was like, yeah, no, we're doing this. <laughs> Next question is, what's my most rewatched film? I think I answered this previously. Or I touched on it a little bit. But it's definitely Avengers. Um, it's, again, one of my favorite films. And it's part of my annual MCU marathon, which means... You know, it's a given that I watch it every year. And it's just something when I when I want to feel that nostalgic feeling, it's just something that I play because it's just so good. <laughs> Next question. A film that you can quote off by heart. Ooh, I think might be Avengers again. I literally, like, don't watch it with me if you don't want to hear me quote the entire film, like, word for word when we're watching it. Because I think... Just for the reason that I've seen it so many times, I think the the script has just, you know, has just stuck with me all these years. And there's this special place in my brain where the entire script of the Avengers lives. And, you know, sometimes I can't quote it, but like when it's there in front of me on, or when something like happens to trigger this memory, it comes up and I quote it. And I, and I think I do quote it a lot actually. I think another another quotable film for me would be Little Women. I, you know, I can't quote the entire thing just yet considering that it literally just came out December 2019. But, you know, I feel like we're getting there. <laughs> I find myself quoting Joe's I can't speech a lot, which is the I can't, I can't whatever she says to Lori when he proposes. And, you know, whenever someone asks me, hey, can you do this for me? I'm just like, no, I can't. I can't. I've tried and I've failed and I can't. And 
I don't know, that's probably really annoying to everyone that I say that to, but it's definitely something that I do, which, you know, I'm, I'm sorry, everyone, if you have to deal with that. <laughs> okay, let's move on. Next question is favorite film soundtrack. Okay, I have so many opinions on favorite film soundtracks that I definitely cannot just name one. Come on, guys, let's say the obvious here. Shrek 1 and 2, the only valid answer to this question, to be honest. Shrek 1 and Shrek 2, I can't pick which one because I feel like they're just both so iconic. Like with Shrek 1, we've got All Star, but like with, with, with Shrek 2, we've got that whole scene with like the fairy godmother and the whole live in La Vida Loca <laughs> part at the end, which is just so iconic. And I think to this day, it holds up as being iconic. So, you know. Shrek 1 and Shrek 2, favorite film soundtrack, but I do have to talk about Baby Driver because it's probably the soundtrack that I still listen to in my in my spare time. I have it on my like daily Spotify playlist because I, I just think it's it's so good. And I'm gonna go there, but Call Me By Your Name has an amazing soundtrack. Um, I do have my opinions about this film, but I think we can all agree that the soundtrack just has the nicest vibe ever. And when I listen to it, I'm like, oh my God, it it's just so good. Like, I'm in love with the soundtrack. It's really, really good. The film, on the other hand, let, let's talk about that later, shall we? <laughs> Next question. Favorite actor. Now, ooh, hard one because I can't pick between two, but my two favorite actors are... Brie Larson and Tom Holland and I can't pick because I love I just love both of them and I really do consider both of them to be my favorite actors and now continuing from this question the next question is actually top five films of your favorite actor so let's go through this I think I'm gonna do this based on what I like not based on performance and these five films are not going to be like listed in any particular order it's basically just what comes into my brain first so Brie, Brie Larson top five films would probably be Captain Marvel Scott Pilgrim vs. the World Room uh, Short Term 12 and Unicorn Store there's just something about Unicorn Store that makes me feel really good inside and I don't know if that's because I relate to that film a lot and I definitely see myself um, as Kit, but there, yeah. Brie Larson is just such an amazing actress, and I love her a lot. Now, on the other hand, with Tom Holland, it would probably be Spider-Man Homecoming, The Impossible, Onward, The Devil of the Time, and In the Heart of the Sea. Contrary to what everyone says, I actually love In the Heart of the Sea. I think it's a really good film, and I do think it's a little bit underrated. Um, it's definitely not the best film out there, but I like it a lot. Ooh, very controversial next question. Well, I, I don't know. Controversial? Maybe. Who knows? Let's see. Underrated actor. Now, I'm gonna say this, guys, as a stanny of this person for like what feels like 10 years, 11 years now that it's 2021. I feel like we've been sleeping on him this entire time. 
it's Logan Lerman. <laughs> Guys, he's such a great actor and we've literally been ignoring him for like the past 10 years. We still consider him to be Percy Jackson and he's done so many films after that and I just feel like he doesn't get enough recognition as he should because he's great, you know? Come on guys, it's 2021, it's time to, you know, it's time that we give him the type that he deserves, you know? He's, he's literally the white boy of the decade. It's, it, we've been sleeping on him, come on guys, let's do it. <laughs> Favorite childhood film? I think this is easy, it's Monsters, Inc. It's probably the film that I have the first memory of, which is really weird. Like, I, I vividly remember watching it, like, at home, which is really weird. I, ha I do have another vivid memory of, like, a film like that, but let let's not get into that today. But favorite childhood film, Monsters, Inc. I used to watch it a lot as well. I used to have a video game of Monsters, Inc. I was pretty obsessed. And I think, you know, valid. It's, it's a pretty good film. <laughs> Next question. Favorite quote from a film? Ooh. Favorite quote, huh? Not something, not necessarily something that I quote it on a daily basis, but favorite quote. Something that sticks into my head. Probably, ooh, Amy's marriage is an economic proposition speech from Little Women. It's something that still lives in my mind rent-free today. Um, I don't know it off by heart or anything. I don't know it from memory. But, you know, it's, it's a scene and a quote from Little Women that still to this day gives me chills down my spine whenever I watch it. Um, Florence Pugh's delivery on it was just amazing and she's such a great actress and I love her as Amy and I love Amy March but we'll talk about that later. <laughs> Another favorite quote from a film would probably be from The Social Network which is um Andrew Garfield's character, Eduardo Saverin, says it to Jesse Eisenberg, and he's like, sorry, my Prada's at the cleaners, along with my hoodie and my fuck you flip-flops, you pretentious douchebag, which I, I think it's so iconic. It's, oh god, it's amazing, and that just reminds me, um, I watched Whiplash recently, and another quote that managed to, like, stick in my head was, Hey, fuck off, Johnny Utah. Turn my pages, bitch. Which... <laughs> okay, we better start moving on before I say anything else. Next question. Favorite film from 2020? Now, I do have to admit, 2020 seems like a blur to me. I can't exactly remember what films came out in 2020. I feel like it just merged with, like, 2019. <laughs> And I don't actually know what came out in the year of our Lord, 2020. But I think it might be the devil all the time. It's, you know, not a lot to pick from because of the pandemic. But I really like this film. It was it was really good. Um, Tom Holland in it was just brilliant. Robert Pattinson in it was brilliant. To be honest, everyone in it was just brilliant. And it's probably one of the very few films that stuck out to me. I watched Tenet as well, but I didn't watch that until this year. Um, so I don't know if that's valid, but I don't know. I still don't fully understand Tenet right now. I need a couple of um, rewatches, I think, until I'll fully understand it and I'll I'll be able to appreciate it 
uh, Tenet more, but for now, favorite film from 2020, what, what do I mean from for now? I mean, it's not like there's going to be another film that's released in the year 2020, is there? So my favorite film from 2020 is The Devil All the Time. Favorite director, Taika Waititi. I think he is just great. He's brilliant. Um, I love his films. They're, they're always so funny yet so heartwarming in the way that you wouldn't expect them to be and this question actually um leads on to the next which is your favorite film directed by your favorite director and i think that all of his films are brilliant but i think my favorite has to be jojo rabbit i never expected to love jojo rabbit as much as i do and it's a film that really sends you on this emotional journey this emotional roller coaster you know um it's funny in one scene and in the next it's absolutely heartbreaking and sometimes Taika Waititi is you know not sometimes I think a lot of the times he's he's able to bring humor into a scenario which is actually pretty deep when you think about it or is actually pretty pretty rough and I, I just think he's great. You know, during one scene in Jojo Rabbit, you're laughing, and about 30 seconds later, you're suddenly crying, and it's it's just such an emotional experience, and I think it's it's brilliant. It's, it's so good. Um, let's move on before I start crying because of that one scene from Jojo Rabbit. A film that you wish you had seen on the big screen. Now... Unfortunately, in 2020, I didn't go to the cinema as much because of the pandemic. I like going to the cinema. It's probably like my one safe space. Um, I go there when I just feel down. Um, And it was really unfortunate that that was taken away from me uh, last year. But but again, you know, what can you do? I do wish that I got to see 1917 on the big screen. Uh, I never got the opportunity to see this in theaters and I wish I did. Um, it's such a stunning film and, you know, I can only imagine how beautiful it would have looked on the big screen, especially with the scene with the burning church. That is definitely a scene that's so memorable to me. In 1917, it's absolutely gorgeous. It's just so, so pretty. And to, to have seen that on the big screen in the theaters would have been, would have been great, but, you know... What can you do? A favorite film character. Okay, so I think for this, I want to pick a character who's like original to a film. So no characters adapted from books, comic books, video games, TV shows, whatnot. And to be honest now, now that I've said that out loud, I feel like I kind of regret it because I'm making this harder for myself because I like pain. Pain is fun. Um, I don't know. On the topic of 1917, I might have to say Lance Corporal Thomas Blake and leave it at that. I'm not, I don't think I'm going to elaborate. But yeah, maybe he is my favorite film character that's not adapted from anything else. It's Lance Corporal Thomas Blake. I think it's him. I won't elaborate on that. Maybe I will in a future episode, but for now, no thanks. A film that was better than the book. Ooh. Uh, this is such a hard one for me, actually. I do read a lot, but the majority of time, the book is always better than the film. Um, books are able to add so much more detail to, like, compared to films. Um, films can't really do that in, like, a span of 
two hours. So this is a hard one. If I have to name a film though, if I have to pick, God, if I have to, um, maybe The Martian? I'm not, you know, I'm not saying that the book is bad. I did, I, I did enjoy it, but I think I enjoyed the film a lot more than the book. The book was a very, I don't know, very analytical in the sense that whenever you were reading from Watney's perspective, it was always very scientific and very, you know, geared towards numbers. And unfortunately, my brain can't handle science and maths. So, um, yeah, that's on that. I think the film was just a lot more fun, I guess. Um, being able to visualize what these people were doing, I think, helps me a lot with it. And I think The Martian is just such a good film anyway, that, yeah, I think, I think The Martian might have been a better film than the book. But then again, I guess, special mention to Gerwig's Little Women, which managed to expand on so many character arcs successfully, may I add, um, I wouldn't know if you would say it's better than the book, but maybe, maybe it is. I don't know. <laughs> Let's move on before I say anything controversial. Best remake. Little Women 2019. Come on, that was a given. Hello. As a self-proclaimed Gerwig Little Women stanny, I feel like it's my duty to say this. I feel like the moment's been building up for me to go Little Women 2019's the best remake. I don't know. First film that popped into my head, so, you know, that must mean something, right? Favorite animated film? Ratatouille. I think cinema peaked with Ratatouille. It, there's just something about that film that makes me feel so good inside, and I love it. It's such a bloody brilliant film. It's so good. I mean, like, when Remy the Rat makes his soup, Come on, guys. Cinema peaked with that scene, you know? That was the highest, you know, that cinema will ever be. That's the best thing that cinema will ever produce, that Hollywood will ever produce. That scene in Ratatouille. That's it. <laughs> okay. Overrated film. Avatar. That's it. Avatar. Everyone acts like it's such a great piece of cinema when it's really just a generic film when you strip it to its bare bones. The plot's been done thousands of times. It just so happens that we never saw it in the context of blue skinny giants before. I think that, you know, when when they announced that they were making, like, multiple Avatar sequels, I was like, mm, no thanks. <laughs> um, no thanks, especially since visual effects has come such a long way now um, since Avatar released in, what, like, 2008? I don't know. I don't keep up with Avatar, so... Um, I think a lot of people just liked Avatar because of how technically advanced it was um, at the time. But honestly, now it's like we see that all the time and I don't see how special Avatar is. It's really not that great. And again, as I said before, take away everything, you know, that makes it feel unique. The story is basically very generic and it's not that good to be honest. I think another overrated film for me I would say is like V for Vendetta. 
it's not that good. I watched it. I didn't like it that much. Like, I see a lot of people saying a lot of great things about it. But like, did we watch the same film? I think that that's also like with Leon the Professional. I watched it because a lot of people said it was good. They were like, it's such a great film. And I watched it and I was like, did we seriously watch the same film? Because that film just made me super, super uncomfortable with this like portrayal of this relationship between Matilda and Leon. And it was... It wasn't good, guys. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe that's just a me thing, but I don't agree with a lot of people about those films. Anyway, let's move on to the underrated films. Now, I don't really know what I can classify as underrated because it might be underrated for me because I don't get exposed to it as much, but maybe it's not underrated for you. Maybe in your group of friends you talk about this film a lot and it's very popular but um we're gonna take this on a personal level underrated captain fantastic i never hear anyone talk about this film and no one that i know in real life has heard of it and it sucks because it's such a beautiful film that i think deserves a lot of recognition it's it's so good and i recommend that anyone who's watching this who hasn't seen captain fantastic should go give it a try it's it's so it's so good guys think another underrated film i don't think it's underrated with the online community but the man from uncle you know i know that this film has a massive cult following online but i i feel like it's still so underrated like it's such an amazing film it's so fun i literally love it so much but i feel like people brush off this film as just another spy thriller or thriller i don't know if that's the right word to call it but another spy film essentially but like please guys watch it it's it's so much better it's so much better than a lot of spy films out there um and it's so fun it's just it's just so good a film that surpassed my expectations Ooh, okay gotta think about this one film that surpassed my expectations something that i wasn't expecting to be as good as it was and i think this belongs to bad times at the el royale everyone said it wasn't good i see a lot of negative comments about it online but to be honest i really liked it i really enjoyed it there's something about the interlapping storylines that really gets to me i you know i'm a sucker for that it's so good um when i see all these like separate stories come together um that that gets to me my dude and i i really like bad times at the el royale i think it's it's a really fun film that unfortunately not a lot of people liked but hey i liked it and i guess that's the only thing that's important for me a film that failed to meet expectations so the complete opposite um i'm gonna say it again i think leon the professional you know as i said before i heard a lot of good things about it but it just fell flat I don't know, it's, I think a lot of people just overhyped it for me, and so that made my expectations for it really high, but it wasn't as good as I thought it was going to be, and maybe if I watched that with no expectations, then maybe my opinion on it would be different, but I, but I guess, 
a lot of my opinion around it does revolve around the relationship between Matilda and Leon, which is just something I cannot get over. And it's not, it's just not something that I'm comfortable with. And I don't think you should be comfortable with, you know, I don't think you should be comfortable with it either because it's not a good thing. But anyway, a film that everyone likes, but you don't call me by your name. The answer to this film is call me by your name. And you know, I agree with you guys. Technically, it's beautiful. The acting, the cinematography, the soundtrack, great, amazing. 10 out of 10. I just have a massive issue with the power dynamics between Oliver and Elio, and it's something that I can't get past. It's not romantic, it's, manip- it's manipulative, and I don't like it. I don't know. Uh, a lot of people are like, call me by your name, five stars, and I'm like, mm you know, it's, yeah, sure, but, like, really, does it deserve five stars, does Call Me By Your Name deserve five stars, I don't know, and it, there's just some parts of it that I go, oh, it's a bit boring, it's a bit talky, um, but I don't know, you do you guys, if you like Call Me By Your Name, like it, but personally, it's not for me, <laughs> film that made you uncomfortable, hello, Midsommar, it's Midsommar, I don't, normally get uncomfortable when watching films but this one really made me feel uneasy there's just something about midsummer that makes my skin crawl to be honest after watching it i really feel i i you know i i felt very uncomfortable i felt like i needed to throw up and that was like the first time that i've ever felt that when watching a film which is weird because you know midsummer is not that scary and to be honest I can handle the gore but there's just something that's underlying in Midsommar that really makes me feel very uneasy and uncomfortable and I don't know it's 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 something (laughs) okay let's move on before Midsommar does more things to me that'll make me really uncomfortable next question a film that you think everyone should watch not necessarily your favorite, and not necessarily good. Hot Summer Nights. I think you all should watch Hot Summer Nights. It's an experience. Now, guys, this is a joke. Hot Summer Nights is like my reflex answer for everything. Every time someone's like, "Hey, Mary, what's your what's your favorite film?" I'm like, "Oh, it's hot. It's Hot Summer Nights. It's it's not. It's a joke. I don't know how this joke started, but it's it's a joke apparently. You know, whenever someone's like, "Hey, can you recommend me a film?" I'm like, oh, "It's Hot Summer Nights." But uh, for real, I think everyone should watch The Grand Budapest Hotel. It's such a beautiful film. I know I've said this a lot, but it's gorgeous. It literally looks like every scene is a painting. It's art. The Grand Budapest Hotel is art. You know, and the plot is so fun, I think. Um, it's a film that a lot of people, would, I think, would enjoy. It's not necessarily like a big blockbuster film that's catered for everyone but I feel like it's something that a majority of people would enjoy you know it's just such a visually stunning film and I think that you all should go watch it right now anyway a film that took multiple viewings from you to appreciate okay Inception I didn't understand it at all during my first viewing and that might have been because I was like 12 around the time that I watched it so 
my small brain probably couldn't handle inception um but yeah i didn't understand it at all but the more i watched and the more i rewatched i i think i finally was able to understand it to an extent anyway i still don't know if i fully understand inception to this day but i appreciated it and you know it's now I do consider it to be one of my favorite movies now and it's something that, you know, whenever it's on TV, I'll watch it, you know, um, it's something that I like revisiting, it's a very, it's a very, very good film, I think. Um, and I feel like with every viewing that I have of Inception, I manage to notice something new and that's, it's really surprising considering it's been already 10 years since that film came out, but I... Yeah, no, it took me a very long time for me to actually understand it and appreciate it. But I'm glad that I took the time to to fully get there because it's it's really good, guys. It's really good. Okay, best cinematography. Um, I don't know. I don't know what is cinematography. What is cinematography, guys? The Grand Budapest Hotel in 1917. I don't know. First two films that came up in my head uh favorite genre oh okay rom-coms no i'm kidding i don't like rom-coms at all i cannot sit through them (laughs) they're just so incredibly cheesy it kind of makes me hurl but um i really like the superhero stuff we know this um but i guess favorite genre would be like psych thrillers psychological thrillers are so good i think and i really like I don't know, going through the process um, in terms of watching a psychological thriller, especially when there's murder involved. Um, I don't know, they're just something and they're great and they like stimulate me intellectually and I, I get satisfied after watching them. So I, th- I think maybe psych thrillers are my favorite genre. I'm just noticing this now. That's really surprising, actually. Least favorite genres, westerns. I don't like westerns. I cannot sit through a western film. It's just not something for me. I remember in one of my film classes in university, we had a week um, dedicated to westerns and we had to watch a western film, we had to analyze that western film and we had to do like multiple readings about western films and I I hated it. I hated every single <laughs> every single moment of it. I was like, "No." no no westerns also i'm not a big fan of period dramas actually like i know i i I do enjoy some of them there are a few period dramas that i really love and i really enjoy but like in general i'm not that big of a fan of the genre i'm definitely more into futuristic sci-fi stuff so i guess i guess that makes sense um because they are pretty much on you know the other end of the spectrum uh with each other so yeah okay next question most anticipated films oh actually this is a really fun question i'm very excited to answer this actually you know with the pandemic last year a lot of films got pushed back and they got delayed and unfortunately we weren't able to see them at their original release date so there's a bunch of films now that i really want to see 
the most anticipated for me right now is probably Minari, which is that A24 film with Stephen Yeun, and it's about this Korean family who've migrated or who've immigrated to America. And it's basically about their life there and how they're trying to fit in with like American society. And I think it's been on my watch list for a long time and I'm very excited about it. I'm a big fan of Stephen Yeun and honestly, I am front seat on the hype train to the Stephen Yeun Oscar campaign. You know, I want him to get that best actor. I want him to get nominated. I want him to win. <laughs> Another anticipated film for me would be Black Widow. Um, this was supposed to release back in April last year, April, May. And unfortunately, with the pandemic, that wasn't possible. I'm very excited to see Florence Pugh as Yelena Belova. And it's just something, you know, I just need my MCU fix, to be honest. Speaking of MCU, Eternals. I'm very excited for Eternals. To be honest, I think I'm excited. I'm more excited for the Eternals than Black Widow. Just because it's a new group and a new concept with the MCU. It's nothing we've seen before and I'm very excited because the cast is just absolutely amazing. You've got Richard Madden, you've got Gemma Chan, you know, you've got Barry Keegan and I'm very, very excited. Um, we don't know that much about the film and I think that's something that's really making me go, oh my god, I really want to see it. I really need a trailer drop because I, I'm just so excited about it. I think another anticipated film would be like The French Dispatch and Don't Worry Darling, which is the Florence Pugh, Harry Styles, Olivia Wilde film. Um, I can't remember exactly what it's about, but I don't know. I'm, I'm just excited, guys. I'm excited to see these films. I'm excited to go back to the cinema, you know, once that's allowed again, because I miss it. And, you know, it's my one comfort place. And I really wish that I can go there again soon. <laughs> but yeah, that's the end of the questions. We've finally gotten through all of them. Hopefully that all gave you a little insight as to how my brain works. And hopefully you all got to know me a little bit better. Now I'm gonna do a little shameless plug right now. If you are at all interested, you can follow my letterboxd at Wi-Fi Mary to keep up with my cinema habits. I don't really write long, serious reviews. They're more one-liners that pop into my head as I'm watching a film. Like, for example, my review on The Killing of a Sacred Deer where it was, where was the deer? And that's literally it. It has nothing to do with the film, and it's just something that popped into my head while watching it. And that's basically... A little taste of uh, what you're gonna get if you do follow my letterbox at Wi-Fi Mary but yeah if you are interested you can find me over there anyways thank you guys so much for sticking with me throughout this episode it's been a blast I really can't wait until the next one so I hope you all enjoyed it and now I will finally shut up about myself and my film habits mm -hmm.